Today on Lyft, we're going to be talking about the Enneagram and how we can use this tool to help us understand our children from different perspectives. Today, we have two guests, Joey and Billy Shuey. So here's the first question I'm going to ask y'all. What's the Enneagram? <laughs> the Enneagram is a personality typing system. Um, it's thousands of years old. And it essentially asserts that uh, everybody is one of nine numbers. So okay. you can't be more than one number. You can't be number less. Um, and it, uh, it, there are nine different ways of being in the world and seeing the world. Um, it's not doctrinal. It's not specific to a, a religion. Um, and it's wildly helpful to help you understand yourself and those around you. <laughs> so what's the difference between the Enneagram and maybe another different personality assessment? I think one of the reasons that the Enneagram itself is gaining such traction right now uh, and what sets it apart from a lot of different systems is that it gets you're typed based on your motivation and not based on your behavior. So many personality systems out there, uh, for example, something like Myers-Briggs is based on your behavior. So you're typed based on what you do. The Enneagram is all about why you do what you do. Uh, so that when you want to be a healthier person, whatever journey you're on, if it's a spiritual journey, just a personal journey, um, one of the, the keys to to becoming a better person um, and maybe changing certain behaviors is understanding why you do what you do. And that's where the Enneagram comes in. Okay. So if we're doing this from the lens of parenting, is it important to know your number before you begin this parenting journey? It's important to know your number first okay. before you do anything else with the Enneagram. So yes, absolutely. Um, one of the ways, and maybe the most important way that it's helpful as a parent is it helps you be a better you, period. So that's helpful in any relationship. And obviously parenting is one of the most important relationships that we have. So yes, absolutely learn your number first then start to work on your kiddos. Okay. Again, for the people who are just freshly new, how do you know your number? So there are a lot of ways, again, because it is something that's gaining popularity right now, there are a lot of shortcuts out there. Um, some that are free, plenty where people are trying to gain money from them. Mm -hmm. uh, most involve a written indicator. Uh, written indicators uh, we have found um, in LTM, what is where LTM? we life in the Trinity ministry, where Billy and I, um, that's, that's, um, where we teach throughout, um, is life in the Trinity ministry. We found in the 25 plus years of doing Enneagram work through LTM that the written indicator is incorrect more than 60% of the time. And, uh, they're developing better indicators. Um, but what it comes down to is most written indicators are going to type you based on your behavior, because it's hard to get to motivation questions in a written indicator. Mm -hmm. So one of the best ways to learn is to um, grab a book. Do you, or go do you to, have a book you might recommend? You know, I would <laughs> I would recommend uh, my mother's book. Yes. Um, so um, it is um, a, a top-selling Enneagram um, primer. Um, one of the best out there, and obviously, in my opinion, but and <laughs> others as well. And that is The Road Back to You. 
awesome. We'll have a link to that for those who need it. Okay, so the real point of this today is how do we use the Enneagram with parenting? Um, it's my understanding, I'm not an expert like you are, that you're not supposed to give other people numbers or make assessments about other people. So how do you use this with kids? Aren't you making assessments about other people? It's <laughs> <laughs> a good point. Good, good, fair point. We have found that um, while you can't really um, discern your child's number until they're older, and it's tough to put a specific age on that, 12, 13, 14 seems to be about the range when children and then teens are able to kind of find out for themselves. They've been in, they've been on this earth long enough to figure it out by then. We, however, think that you can tell your child's stance, and we'll get to that in a moment, Okay. Um, <laughs> pretty early on. And uh, based on the characteristics of the numbers that are in each Enneagram stance, we think that there are some helpful tips and tricks to be able to parent better from that space. So I'm going to dive in on the stances a little Thank bit more. Thank you. Read my mind. Um, specifically, we we have really um, focused much of our teaching, even the most broad know your numbers. So that's where I make a break from the path between us or my my mom, Suzanne Stabile, her teaching when I or Billy, when we teach know your numbers. So a basic Enneagram workshop, learn your type. We do it in stance order. Uh, we found we have found that to be um, successful in the last decade in that um, people can find themselves in a stance um, and then hone their number from there. And so what are the stances? Aren't there? There are three. OK, so what you find with the Enneagram where there are nine numbers and nine types is there are a lot of different groupings of three. And the one, like I said, that we're working with the most with Enneagram and parenting is stances. And um, your stances really are, are determined um pretty simply for the purpose of this podcast by how, uh, where your reference point is outside of yourself okay. with what's going on outside of you. So three numbers are in the aggressive stance. Uh, I, I know some of those. Yes. yes. That, that would be someone like me, an eight is in the aggressive stance. And it doesn't actually mean we have to affect the situation. What it actually means is we can stand independent from what's happening outside of us. Okay. There are three numbers then in the dependent stance. Oh, I know some of those too. <laughs> uh, Kim, you are in the dependent stance yes. as a one on the Enneagram. And, um, Which really bothers me, by the way. It bothers everyone in the dependent stance. They don't like that term, um, but it doesn't mean you're dependent on other people. Right. It solely means that your reference point is outside of yourself on the situation. So when we teach Enneagram and parenting with the, with um, different groups, your children who are in the dependent stance are really the litmus test for your house mm. because naturally their reference point is outside of themselves on what's going on. So right. they're the ones who will kind of, they'll react the strongest to what's going on and they'll notice that. Okay. So we say you kind of have to be on your parenting game the most consistently with dependent children, with dependent numbers. Okay. And then the last three, um, Billy is finds himself in that category, <laughs> and that is the withdrawing stance. Okay. And so those, for them, their reference point is within themselves, and they withdraw. They can withdraw from what's happening outside of them. Okay. So aggressive can stand independent. Dependent, uh, their reference point is what's happening. And okay. so they look to the situation to see what should happen next, and withdrawing numbers withdraw from that. 
pull back from that. Okay, so parenting. I have two children. How many children do y'all have? Two. Two. Mm-hmm. What are their ages? 13 and 10. Two boys. All right, so I'm a, I'm a little step ahead of you. I got 15 and 13. Um, love being a parent. Truly. I'm not just saying that because this is a parenting podcast. But hardest thing I've ever done. I mean, by far, ridiculously hard. So any tool that can help us, like, tell me all about it. Tell me all the things. But what makes this different? What makes this something that um, my husband and I can dive into? So I think generally speaking, just to go back to how the Enneagram in general is is helpful, imagine um, being able to better understand why you yourself do and say the things you do and say um, so that you can um, play to your strengths and also be able to improve upon the things that you know that just aren't your strengths and continuously work on those just to be a better person. Yeah, That right there is getting you on the road to being a better parent in addition to being a better spouse and coworker and citizen of the world and so on and so forth. So can you do this as parenting if like your spouse isn't into the Enneagram? You can for that reason alone. You can be a better you straight up. Okay. And while you're not supposed to do this, you probably, if you know of the Enneagram, you'll you'll naturally uh, have an inkling as to uh, what your significant other's so Enneagram I'll, I'll number confess. is. Yeah. I've taken the get to know your Enneagram class like three times now because of different um, places I'm in in the world and they all required it. Yeah. Right. So the first time it was all about me. The second time I totally just mapped out my family on where I thought we might go in the stances and then came home and, you know, we kind of read through the book together. You know, it's a real fun family we have. We're crazy. <laughs> hey, let's do Enneagram at dinner. And um they it was pretty pretty accurate you know and so i'd love to know though so i know this in the back of my head i always think what number they are what stance they are how they might respond to a situation but how does this become like a natural thing in your household i think anyone um what we are finding the more we teach um locally and nationally is it's it's something that you that people grab onto uh, because it's kind of this non-offensive way to just look at what you do and why you do it. Mm-hmm. And uh, when you start doing that uh, work on your your yourself, the people around you, it, it's an easy thing to get interested in because there's not a lot to push against. Mm-hmm. And um, it's I, I, we enjoy it when we step go into a place to teach because. We realize it's a lot to give us the day. Usually you got to give us about six hours, right? right? We know that's a lot, but we also know because we've been doing it so long that we're going to, we're going to literally change those people's lives and, and we find them to buy into that. I think there's just a natural course that that follows. Um, it gives you a language. Uh, and I think that's what makes it interesting for people is, um, I've said often, um, you know, I called my mom probably five or six years ago and I said, the golden rule is not working for me. Mm. Say more about that. I am treating people exactly how I want to be treated. 
and it's not going well. And as an eight on the Enneagram, I want, uh, I'm blunt, I'm firm, I'm all about truth, and I want it all information out on the table to be dealt with. Well, 90% of people don't want that. That feels um, angry to mm-hmm. a lot of people. And so learning that about myself and about how there are eight other ways of seeing helps me bring on that that I have to soften that a little bit in myself if I want to better my relationships right. with other people. So I don't think the golden rule works for any of us in terms of Enneagram language, right? right? We we tend to approach others in the world the way we see it when as an eight and Billy's a nine on the Enneagram, we, we see the world very differently, which means... You we parent it. very differently, yeah. right? So in one of our other podcasts, we were talking about like your family and that you want to bring stuff in from your family and you don't want to bring stuff in from your family. So is this a tool that can help name that or is it more about your core family that you have today? Yeah, we <laughs> there isn't a whole lot that we don't talk about <laughs> I think so we can we certainly bring our family in to that um, <clears throat> to kind of touch on something that you got, you were talking about earlier about a little more specifically kind of how it helps right. sort of the family dynamic right. and the relationship as parents to, to children um, it, I'm, I don't know if a lot of parents do this but I do where something will happen to one of our kiddos, good or bad, or somewhere in the mm-hmm. middle, doesn't really matter. And then I'll think, well, when I was this age, um, growing up in a different part of the world and you know a different time, this is what I thought, and this is how it went. So that's where I start right. to kind of decide how am I as a parent going to handle this, right. whatever it is. Knowing the Enneagram, I, first of all, that doesn't always work out either because <laughs> exactly this different is a new time. generation. Yeah. It's like it may as well have been a million years ago right. as opposed to however many years ago when I was yeah. that age. But I, as an Enneagram nine, don't see the world the same as my thirteen-year-old son, who is probably an Enneagram four, or mm-hmm. my ten-year-old son, who is probably an Enneagram seven. So when they come home and talk about something that happened at school or whatever, my initial reaction is as a nine. This is how I would handle that if I were that person. But I can't project that onto them because they're not like me. Right. And so if I try and force that, then it won't work. Now, I can bring my perspective as an Enneagram 9 and then my perspective as a father too. And like it's not all it's not conversation all the time. Like there's a you know authoritarian right. aspect to it as well as a parent. But having all of those dynamics at play help me as a parent decide whatever the next steps are going to be. And sometimes I get it right and sometimes I get it wrong. But I think everybody would agree the more information you have, the more tools you have in your toolkit mm-hmm. with which to choose, the better the percentages are that you're going to make the right choice. I love that. Or make a choice that meets your kids. Mm. You know, Enneagram's <laughs> all about understanding each other. Yeah. And there, it, it, it opened up. So Billy and I have not not known the Enneagram for our married life. We met at 19, learned it at 19. Right. So we've been married 16 years. And so we've known Enneagram for all of our adult life, all of our married life, all of our parenting life. To to understand where Will is coming from. Who's Will? He's the 13-year-old. All right. 
And and I actually use him very specifically in our dynamic, an eight and a four. Fours are the most unique number on the Enneagram. And uh, the way fours approach the world is they cannot help but see what's missing. Mm-hmm. And I remember vividly the day Billy and I decided to start parenting Will like he was a four, like understanding that he was a four. And we were on our way to church and he was five years old. And Sam had been ill and Sam had, we had bought Sam a pair of Spider-Man sunglasses. Sam's his younger brother. Okay. So Will, who can't help but see what's missing, was already sad that he couldn't miss school and stay home like Sam. Because that's how Will's wired. Right. And then Sam got Spider-Man sunglasses and Will didn't. And so we had said to him, you know, we'll get some on the way to church. We understand that and we're going to get you some. Well, we were late to church because of the eight in our house. We're late to church usually because of her. And um, <laughs> we said to Will, you know what, we're going to, we're late to church. We're going to have to get the Spider-Man sunglasses after church. Which was met with the longest, a very familiar for us, sigh of disappointment from our child. Now, as an eight, as um, someone who grew up where you didn't just get to get Spider-Man sunglasses in that environment, all sorts of things could combine for me to probably lay on for the thousandth time for Will. All that he has that I didn't have as a child and what he gets and being ungrateful And that day for us, I remember we looked at each other and it just kind of clicked that he's always going to be disappointed in something. Right. And so to understand that and allow that has changed the way we parent him. I'm not constantly trying to fill his half empty glass because half empty for Will is comfortable. Oh, that's a good perspective. Okay. So for me, parenting, again, best thing I've ever done, hardest thing. Because you have this child and then you have this image of who they are and who they're going to be. And they don't always live up to the image that you've conquered. They live up to who they are called to be. So does the Enneagram help um, maybe let go of some of that? Um, that's, I, I think it's unfair. I think it's unfair that we do that to our children, but we all just naturally do it. Does it help to let go of some of those images that we've projected upon them? I think it can. Um, I think it also can maybe take a little focus off of the image on who we project them to be in terms of what they're going to do, where they're going to college and what career path they're going to choose and put that more on how can we as parents responsibly um, get them to understand uh, specifically and accurately who they are. Like, give them this language to use on themselves. Okay, so do you talk Enneagram as a family openly? Like, I'm a one, I think this way, I view the world this way. Ones are awesome people, by the way, (laughs) says Kim Myers. Um, So you openly talk about it. We do. Our 13-year-old our Will, he's he's a pretty old soul, so we've been talking with him about it for a couple of years, and he understands some of it, I mean, at a 13-year-old level. And some he identified four for himself. He's yeah. self-identified as a four. Yeah. Our, so our, what about a family, though? Like, I feel like right now y'all are talking this language yeah. that you get because you've had it as a part of your life. What about, like, my family, 
has not. I'm the only one in the family that's taken all the classes. How do we integrate that? So there's simple ways, and that's one of the one of the, one of the goals that Billy and I have with with developing this Enneagram and parenting curriculum is is a more global perspective, which is more separates it into there's two parts. It's how can I be the best parent first of all? Because we have tr- there are triggers for me. I'm very loud, and anger is first on the surface for me as an eight, but then it's over, right? To the point where I've I've taught in places where people thought and mentioned that the eight director in their area was two-faced, which doesn't usually go with eights, but it's because she was a nurse, a head nurse, and she would get onto them and then say, where are we going for lunch? Because it really is over. And that's the same thing as a parent. I'm going to jump on the boys in a much louder way than Mm -hmm. Billy ever will. And as a nine, I'm going to immediately sort of freeze, think, let things marinate. Nines automatically see the perspective of everybody else involved. So even if you have a child who's done something wrong and it's your job as the parent to assign appropriate consequences, I immediately go, well, I I wonder what the circumstances were when they did the thing wrong. Like, was it really their fault? And how should I, you know, and if I were in this, like on and on and on and on and on. How does... A nine and an eight parent. Well, if we're both on our game, there's some room right smack dab in the middle for us to meet. And we can also play on each other's strengths. Right. And that's that's very useful in a household. Billy, for sure, um, calms me mm-hmm. when he can and, and at least tries to not have He tries to slow the reaction. Right. I'm so quick to react that he's good at slowing the reaction. On the other side, he's um, he bring he has so many gifts. Nines have so many gifts, but they don't believe they can affect anything, and that's all withdrawing stance. It's not just nine. So his stance sees some, what's going on, and they don't inherently believe they can affect what's going on. I see. And so sometimes, like I really do forget, forget. <laughs> hey, I'm I'm dad. They're sons. They've done something. This requires attention on my part, like actionable items right. to follow up on. And I'll have to remind myself, like, go, um, it's time to it's time to do something here, right now. And because you have this tool, you're able to co- reflect and know right. where it's coming from. And we from. can remind one another of each mm. of those. That's the deal. Because we have this tool, it changes the conversation for he and I when we're frustrated. Because if you think Enneagram's going to stop you from having, you know, any kind of issues, absolutely not. But it, it gives you language. So I can, instead of saying, I'm always the heavy, I'm right. sure parents have that conversation yes. all the time. I don't want to always be the heavy. You want to be the fun guy. I want to be the, it's, it's not about that. It's about he doesn't believe he can affect the situation. And in my head, the situation is going to be exactly what I want it to be. Right. And you're <laughs> because gonna, I'm aggressive. Right. So right. so it we're we're able with that kind of language it to not be mad at each other as we try to parent. Because oh, I think important. that gets sticky. Yeah. And I think that's another huge component of the Enneagram in general and, and also the Enneagram of parenting. And that is to to try as often as you can to clear up miscommunications or confusion, because that does happen. As a parent, your child will do something and you're like, I have no idea why 
why you're doing this. I don't, I don't get it. I didn't do these things. I don't understand. And and I, and more importantly, sometimes I don't know what to do as a parent. I mean, you're not going to say that to your child, but that's what you're thinking. Right. And so if you have this tool and you kind of understand where they're coming from, just based solely on their Enneagram number and everybody's different, obviously, but then you can, you can like get rid of some of the things that could cloudy up the water from the beginning and then get right down to what's actually going on. Like, cause I can't project onto my kids. Like they're not going to do things the way that I did them because right. they're not me. Obviously they're, you know, they're unique, beloved children of God, first of all, but they're also different Enneagram numbers. So right away, they don't even see the world the same way that I do. Right. So if I start to say, well, why don't you just, and then fill in the blank with something that I would have done right away, we're off to, we're off to a path you down. that lead, will lead to nowhere. Mm-hmm. And I think the path that so many of us naturally follow as parents is first to either do what our parents did because it worked or we're pushing so hard against what our parents did that we go the opposite direction, right? right? So you've got that going on first and then you have multiple children and the next Subsequent children aren't anything like the first child. I think it's God's joke on us. <laughs> right. Like, you think you're a good parent? Try this. And so maybe the things that work for the first child aren't even close to being what lands for the second. So this, I think those are timeless issues Absolutely. in parenting. That Enneagram is just a tool to help mitigate, honestly. So tell me more about the curriculum you've developed. So we're, we're, it's still pretty new. That's one of the things that, um, for, you know, Suzanne, my mom is the Enneagram master and she's traveled internationally and she came back to Billy and I who have been teaching, you know, in tandem with her for about a decade now and said, the thing that I keep getting asked for that is not mine to do. That's her speaking. She says, it's not mine to do is Enneagram parenting. And she said, I think it's yours and Billy's to, to work on because you've, You've never not known it as parents, right. and you you know this is huge. So when we sat down to do this, we've we've piloted it um, for a few months in an, an Enneagram and parenting kind of monthly time. Yeah, it sold out before I could go. Yeah, I'm sorry. That's okay. Um, we are hopefully we will have an actual date this fall. We'll we'll have it locally because one of the things we definitely understand as students of the Enneagram is there's still so much to learn and understand. So um, we like to honor um, my mom's tradition of narrative teaching. We just believe it in it so much that you can if you have a story to connect with a personal story from someone who's that number, it makes a world of difference. Absolutely. And we have our own, but we only have a, a four and a and a seven, you know, and we're only an eight and a nine. So what we've been trying to gather more than what we think is stories from real people who know the Enneagram, who have, who understand this and have put it to play. That's awesome. Tales from the trenches. Yes. <laughs> and yeah. some of our takeaways, we had kind of the focus group format uh, in the, Spring, in addition to collecting this information from parents and from their children who are different numbers, um, it was clear that it would be really helpful if we could at some point find here are some helpful tips if you're a nine and you have a one child, if you're a nine and you have a two child and so on and so forth for all nine numbers. And it won't be automatic. Right. And there is no magic wand either. Right. But... 
um, I think that will be the most impactful earliest on and help us kind of gain some traction as we go down this path because that's that's what everybody's kind of looking right. for. So we're, if, we're on that path. If we were going to put just another, I'm always careful in something that's pretty basic because I know the this audience may not even know Enneagram. So right. I... I hesitate to bring on a whole other layer, but I know you can identify th- with okay. this, so I'm going to. Um, you, I mentioned earlier that Enneagram, that with there being nine numbers, there are different group threes, groupings of threes. So stances is one grouping. Triads is another. Right. And while we believe you can do the best, create the best environment for your child, understanding their stance, we are also finding the more we talk to other parents who know the Enneagram that our biggest pitfalls in parenting come from our triad as parents and what we deal with. So um, in Enneagram, you're in a triad. Uh, Kim, you and I are actually in the same triad and it's, and Billy. So the three of us at the table are in the anger triad. So all three of us. Which makes me angry. I know. All three of us as parents. And it's actually the most easily recognizable with anger. We all have anger, and it's represented differently. Mine is straight up. Mm-hmm. For once, it's often more. Um, it's about once a year. And it push kind, my and button. It, yeah, yeah. Um, but what's building quietly behind that for ones is resentment. Uh huh. And for nines, it's passive aggressive and stubborn. Oh, fun. So it's all different. But for I am my most in, inappropriate self as a parent when I'm not. Working on my anger. Yeah. And for twos, threes, and fours, in the heart or feeling triad, we're in the gut triad. For them, they're dealing with shame. And it's fascinating how many parents we talk to who are twos, threes, and fours who end up parenting their children based on shame they're picking up from them or feeling themselves. So while we're dealing with anger, they're dealing with shame. And then we've got the head triad. Parents who are five, sixes, and sevens all dealing with fear. And that's a big piece. So there's there's so many levels yeah. to the Enneagram, but it's when when you can pull from what it naturally offers you, it really gives you some pretty amazing natural tools in parenting. So, okay. You launched this class, and I'm going to get to go to the next one, right? Yes. yes. Yeah? Okay. Um, you reserved me a spot? I done. Something it's like done. that? Okay. So when I go, obviously, I've taken the classes, but do we need to know our numbers before we go? Is that a requirement? It will be a prerequisite for attending this class. Because we're really diving into triads and stances, you need to know your number first before attending. So here's this. I ask every person, so you'll have to answer individually. You have to pick... Parent, student, or child, okay? If a parent, student, or child were sitting in front of you, what one thing would you want them to know about this topic? I'll pick child. Okay. Because I think in terms of (laughs) a child a lot. Um, What I would tell them about the Enneagram is, because we say this to children all the time. Sometimes I I think we say this at them instead of to them, and that is... Um, to be yourself, but they don't always understand exactly what that means. Um, So I would say that the Enneagram is a way for them to really understand 
exactly kind of who they are um, and how they're both unique and um, how others are like them so that they can feel comfortable about being who they are and then learn to work in community with those around them because that's kind of that's what, we're all what it's all about. Yeah. All right, my friend, parent, student, or child, you have to follow that. I'm going to say parent. Okay. And I think um, what I what I draw back to is is in all the times that I teach, I often tell people, don't don't when you learn your enneagram number, don't waste time trying to figure out why you became the number you were. <laughs> and I and I what I say all the time is because you're is you're taking away that from you're taking away great energy that can be spent on being a better you. And always when I talk about that, I say, you know what? Your parents did the best job they could. They they really I think on the whole, as human beings, we do the best job we can. And yet we hurt others all the time. Mm-hmm. Often those who are closest to us. And I think what the Enneagram gives you is an understanding first of who you are and some compassion for who you are. And then it naturally opens up to having compassion for others. I love that. It did that for me, 100%. Well, thank you so much for sharing your wisdom. You can find any information about our speaker today at our church's website, which is www.standrewumc.org. So make sure to visit our website where you can subscribe to the show in iTunes so that you will never miss another show. And while you are at it, if you found any value in this podcast, then please leave us a review on iTunes or simply just tell a friend about this podcast. We would also like to thank the creative team at St. Andrew for all of their work in helping us make this podcast and us sounding intelligent. We love getting your questions and feedback, so be sure to send us any questions that you have to lift at strumc.org. Peace.